I am glad you're here today. We're here to celebrate the most important day uh, for the church. Uh, hands down, it's the, this is the most important day to us. Paul actually wrote in the scriptures that if what's said about Easter didn't happen, then everything else that we do and talk about is worthless. Some translations say it's in vain. So this is a big deal, what we're doing here today, and I'm glad you're here to be a part of it. Um, we're going to start with um, an important change because uh, we're going to go in a direction uh, that's a little bit different, but I want you to understand why we're celebrating Easter and why it's so important. So I'm going to do it this way. I want to explain the story between God and you, me. This is our story. For every one of us, we find ourselves at a crossroad. There's a choice that you have to make in life. Will I choose to go down the path that God has for me? He designed life to work a certain way, there's certain values that come with it. Or will you choose your desires your way and that's what you'll do with your life. And the story of mankind and God is that every one of us chooses the dark path. You, you go down that path, it's easy to get lost. You get lost in a culture that doesn't have the same values that God cares about. You get lost in desires that you think are valuable, important. You get lost in building a world it doesn't last. So it twists you and twists you. And the problem is the destination that it leads you. It leads you to the grave. Now here's the reality. Every one of us dies. That's true. But when I'm talking about this death here, this is about living your life. When you went down that dark path, you created for your life a path that you were going to walk on. And when you die and go into the next life, that path continues. So when you start here, away from God, and you go into the next life, you keep going away from God. And you're separated from Him forever. It's, we're just stubborn that way. We build up what we think is right. We're going to live that out. And it doesn't matter to us. We're going to do it our way. And so when you, when you have that situation, you end up separated from God. Now, God sees this. He sees this destination where all of us are headed, and he decides he's going to get involved. So he sends Jesus to earth. And Jesus comes, and he lives a perfect life. Nobody else had done that. And you know what it got him? Hung on a cross. And when Jesus died, the hope that the disciples were holding on to had to just go out of them like wind. Because if you, if you come to earth and you live perfectly and you still die, what's the point? What's the point of all of this? And then Easter. Easter. Where all, all of a sudden the stone rolls away. And death no longer holds Jesus. And he comes back. And because of it, he demonstrates two things. Not only does he have power of life over death, but it also means that he has the power 
to make sure that you don't permanently face separation from God. He has that power too. And all of a sudden, the possibilities are opened up to us. If we hold on to him, if we identify with Jesus, if we adopt his values, if we follow him, we could be taken back to that path where it goes towards God and we build up a life here that's about God and his values so that when our life ends, we keep pursuing God in the next. This changes everything. Easter is a big deal. Um, I, I've been trying to think of a way uh, to present that, and this is what I'm going to try. For the next four weeks, I'm going to try to present some evidence that Easter changed you significantly. And I try to come up with a picture, like what's the picture of what this would look like? And the most dramatic thing that I could think of that fits are fictional characters, superheroes. Now, I don't know if you heard the song that they just sang here, if you were following along with that very well. There are actually superhero attributes in that song. Un invincible, courageous, unstoppable. Now, the writer of that song was doing all of this stuff. She was putting armor on, putting a face on to hide her true self. That's not what we're after. But the attributes that were coming out there, I think they're a big deal. And I'm going to try to make the case this morning that you're unstoppable because of what happened on Easter. Now, to get there, I want to I do a little bit more uh, with the superhero stuff. So when I realized we were going to go down this path, I got online and I did a search. I wanted to know what superhero movies were coming out in 2022. I thought maybe we could theme a series after that. There were 11. There were, I was like, what is wrong with our world? 11? There are two more that they haven't decided yet. They may still release two more. This doesn't count what's on streaming services and all of the, that kind of stuff, the TV shows. There's all kinds of stuff inundating us. Now, here's the thing. I, I said this at the first service. I said, and three of them are new to the screen. And the superhero geeks in here corrected me after the first service, right? That's awesome that you love it that much. Cool. Apparently, this is a sequel. It's not, so ignore everything I'm going to say about that one. And apparently, Morbius is an anti-hero. Also, don't care. So here's the problem. Like, that was great. That was great. I said, did it change any of the points I made thereafter? He goes, oh, no. And I was like, all right, okay. But I got the facts. Good. Um, I've not seen any of these movies. In fact, I'm not even familiar with those two superheroes or antiheroes. Um, but here's what I can tell you. I know exactly what that movie's going to be. It's going to be an origin story. It, it almost has to. You have to know where that superhero got his mojo. Superman has a planet he was born on. Batman had an injustice as a small kid. Spider-Man, bitten by a radioactive spider, because that's a thing, right? You got to watch out for those. <laughs> but everybody has an origin story that causes us to understand where they're coming from and how they got there. I want to suggest to you this morning that I could bet you $100 and get the themes of at least two of these movies right. You'll see two things. You'll see 
where they got their power from, something happened in their life that creates that, and then you're going to see them learning how to use their powers. That's the formula. It, ha- it happens in every movie because you have to be introduced to the character that way. And I'm telling you, it'll go down that way. I'm probably not going to go see these, but that's exactly what was happening. So, um, so I'm, I'm debating all of this origin story stuff, how I'm going to talk about that. And it got me wondering, why is there so much fascination with the superhero stuff? Like, it, it can't be the tights, right? I've, I've not talked to too many people who have dreamed of being able to walk around in yoga pant type material on their whole body, right? <laughs> uh, that would be very disturbing. So I, so I really, I, like, what is going on? Why is this happening? And I came up with two things. Uh, there's probably more. There's probably more. But I think these two things make sense to me, so I'm going to share them with you. Every superhero is unique. They're, they're a one of a kind. And there is something about that that appeals to us. We look at that one-of-a-kind attribute that they have going on, and we think, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be that. In fact, when I was a young kid, I had those kind of hopes, those aspirations. I, um, when I was younger, I hoped that I would get hit upside the head so that 90% of my brain would work. I grew up in a time where they told you that only 10 per, you were only using 10% of your brain. And I thought to myself, if I had 90, I would crush it. Like, this would be awesome. And so I was hoping that I would get hit. It turns out it's not true. It's not true. You use most of your brain most of the time, which is really sad for me. It means I'm, I'm at my limit. I've tapped out. That's really disappointing. And I hear the giggles, but <laughs> so have you. Um, you're tapped out too. You're at the top of what you're going to get. That's all there is. Um, I, I actually did get hit in the head once. Uh, I was at a baseball game. A guy hit the ball through the bat, hit me right here on the head. I did not get 90% of my mental capacity in that moment. Um, I think all I ended up with was a big egg and two black eyes. So it didn't work. All right, But I do think so many of the things that we do, even now, the way we dress, the way we carry ourselves, the way we talk to people, is an attempt to show people we're unique, we're different, we don't think or act like everybody else. We have this desire to stand out. And so I think that appeal happens, but I think there's another part too. Almost every one of the heroes, um, as soon as they start to develop their powers, they start to do what's right or good. Now, not all. Apparently, there's some supervillains. There's some um, anti-heroes. There's some all of that stuff going on, right? But the ones we cheer for, the ones that we want to see win and do well, the ones that make our hearts sore and we're glad about, they stand up to what's right, or they stand up against evil. They stand for what's right. And there's something in us that longs to see that happen because for most of us, If we we were honest and we examined our world, we would say we feel powerless most of the time. There's a war going on right now. Can you stop it? There's people getting scammed. Old people getting scammed, people getting robbed. Can you put an end to crime? There's people 
getting taken advantage of at school, sometimes by friends, and you watch it. There's nothing you can do about that. Have you ever had somebody close to you have a health scare? And if you could have taken that away, you would. But you were powerless to do so. It's, it's, not, it's not even the big stuff, even the small stuff. You can't intervene on behalf of family members or friends who are being wronged at work or being slighted by a friend or just like a small minor thing. You can't even stop that. And so this sense of power, powerlessness that we have, we look around and it's tempting to just decide not to care. I'm just going to give up. But if I had power, if I had the ability to do something about it, that would be incredible. And we long hope for these moments where we could be transformed into a hero. We have all these pictures of heroism around us. Read them, watch them. But I have news for you. God made every one of you unique. You're not like anybody else. Your experiences, your personality, the gifts that God has placed in you make you different than everybody else. And if you didn't even know that you had gifts, we have a class next week that if you came to and you wanted to stay after church, you could figure out what God has put into your life that helps you be unique. But he's done that. Not only that, he's put something deep inside of you that has a desire to stand up for what's right and good. It gets covered over. It gets messed up when we go down that dark path. But God created you for a heroic life. He wants you to live heroically. This is, this is the idea that he had in mind. I actually made a little list of what that might look like for you. A heroic life rises above the pettiness and the tribalism that we see in our culture, and it brings about peace. A heroic life doesn't care about how much power you do or don't have. You're just determined to do what's right and good. A heroic life values kindness and forgiveness and in an attempt to repair and rebuild this world that we live in. None of these things are easy. All of them would present a challenge and be difficult. It's why sometimes we choose the easier route. We choose what she sang in that song. I'm just going to put some mask on and fake it. I'm going to make people think I'm strong. I'm, I'm just going to put on a front. For some of you, it would be easier just to wear tights. I mean... Don't do it, please. Um, be some awkward moments for us if you did that. For some of you, you might want to wear a mask and would also include some awkward moments as you go to the bank. That would be pretty disturbing, right? Hey, how's it going? I'm just being a superhero today. Not going to last very long. But this desire to live heroically it could be called out of you. You could be called up for it, except that it's hard, so why would you do it? And the answer is found in your origin story. 
Your origin story is Easter. Easter for you is like being bitten by a radioactive spider. It messes you up bad. Like, it's not just small changes. It changes who you can be at the core. And if you understood the changes that, that are made because of what Jesus did for you on Easter, you could live a different kind of life. And so that's, that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping to present some ideas of what happens to you because of Easter that will give you a different perspective, that may actually challenge you to think differently about the life that you live. But I want to give you this warning. I'm going to point out some attributes that you end up with because of Easter. But if you want these to be true in your life, you're going to have to practice them. It's going to take some effort. And I think sometimes the reason that followers of Jesus aren't really much different than those around us is we feel like we've tried and it's kind of gone like this. I actually found a video clip of a guy who's discovered he has superpowers. He has the ability to emit supersonic sound waves from his mouth. And they have, they have assumed, or I guess theorized, that if he does that, he should be able to fly. So they're going to have him practice. Check this out. You're sure that this will work? Anything is possible. I based the design. Hey, stop talking. Come on. Now remember, scream as hard as you can. You need the sound waves to be supersonic. Catch them at the right angle and they should carry you. They should carry me. That's reassuring. Good luck. And don't forget to scream. Yeah, I love the noise. Oh! It's sometimes how we feel when we practice something about our Christian life and it doesn't go well. But you have to be persistent. You have to find a way to keep going at it because God made you a certain way. And um, the case I'm going to make this morning is I believe that you were made unstoppable. I believe that you were made to be invincible, courageous, brave, daring, that you can live that kind of life. And it's based on what happened at Easter. Now I want to take and show you some words that Jesus said, and it's going to be related to the Easter story. And sometimes uh, the words of Jesus were confusing. Sometimes for us they're confusing, definitely confusing for the people that they were speaking with because they just didn't have a context for what Jesus was talking about at the time. So in one of those cases, a friend of Jesus has passed. He, he was actually alerted by Martha and Mary that Lazarus was sick, asked him to come back so to take care of that situation, and he delayed. He took his time getting back, and in, in that time, Lazarus passed. And as he's a couple miles from the city, Martha hears that he's coming and goes out to meet him. And when she talks to Jesus, he says, you do know he's going to live again, right? And Martha assumes that, she, that Jesus is talking about the next life. And she's like, yes. Like, I know I'm settled with that. I know that he's going to be alive again. But Jesus is trying to make a different point. And he says this to her. He continues this conversation. This is John chapter 11, verse 25. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. You have to understand 
the moment he says this, this is way early in the story. He has not gone to the cross. He's not gone to the tomb. He has not risen from the tomb. He's, none of that has happened. So, but he understands his story. He understands where he's going. And he understands the power that he possesses. And so he tells her, listen, I am this. I'm the resurrection and the life. And then he says this, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. How is that possible? How can you be alive when you're dead? And you have to remember we're talking about two types of death. One is a physical death, and then the other one is when you die, you're separated from God. And he was like, you know what? You understand that if you're with me, that doesn't have to be the outcome. So he's talking about that, but he's also trying to help her understand that he has the power over life and death. And so he goes on, and he says this in verse 26, and whoever, believe, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Martha, if you will put your faith and trust in me, in what I'm asking you to do, and how I'm suggesting that you live, you're never going to face death. That, those are pretty, pretty strong words. And, and Jesus tries to pin her to the wall on this. Look at what he says at the end of this verse. Do you believe this? Now she's trying to figure out how in the world any of this can be true. And she gives the best answer that she can in verse 27. She says, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. That's not the question he asked. The question he asked was, do you believe that I have power over death? Do you believe that if you're with me, you won't really face death? And she didn't believe that. There's actually later on in the text here, Jesus goes to roll away the stone so that he can bring Lazarus back to life. He's going to demonstrate that he has power over death. And you know what Martha's comment is? You probably shouldn't do that. It's going to stink. He's been in there for a while. There wasn't a category in her mind anywhere for where Jesus would have the power over death itself. The disciples never considered that even for a moment. And then they saw it. They saw Jesus. And the stuff they write about the resurrection after they saw it, it's pretty bold. I want to take you to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This is a disciple of Jesus who writes this after having seen Jesus come back to life. Verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is Peter. Peter saw Jesus on the cross, saw him buried in the tomb. Peter sat on a beach and ate with Jesus after he rose again from the dead. This guy is an eyewitness. And you know what he says this means? It means that he has a living hope, a new birth. Something different has changed in his life. And what does he tie it to? It's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
The fact that he came back from the dead changes everything. It proved that not only did he have power over death, but he had the power to deliver on a relationship that would be with God after death. Like, you don't have to die permanently. And I can be the way that resolves this. And the resurrection is evidence of that. It makes Jesus' words to Martha make sense. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Whoever makes choices right here in this life to line yourself up with God, that follows you into the next life. You never face separation. You never face time away from God. And so you have a different understanding about what it means to live in the first place. When you look at this life and you realize this is just this, this is this, the shortest part of your eternity that you're going to live. This is the shortest little part of it. Your eternity has begun. You're living it right now. And it's going to follow you. The way you live is going to follow you into the next life. Which means this life is temporary. This, this life is a blip. The things that we think matter here don't matter as much. I, I made a small list. Because things are temporary, the circumstances that are happening in your life right now, temporary. The status that you have, that you're pursuing, that you think you've lost, temporary. The money that you've made, that you want to make, that you're hoping will give you security, temporary. It's not going to go with you. The fears and worries that you carry in your heart, the stuff that keeps you up at night, it's temporary. It doesn't have a hold over the final chapters of your life. That's going to be written with Jesus after you pass. It's all temporary. You're not going to be threatened by disease there. There's, there's going to be nothing that you fear. Your, your concern about being separated from God, gone. In this life, you start by aiming yourself towards God, and it follows you into the next life. This life that's far more permanent, far more meaningful. And yet, for many of us, we've gotten caught up in this temporary life. We went down that dark path and all the temporary things that were offered to us, we think matter. And really the only thing that matters in this life is this question. Are you connected to God or not? Are you following after God's heart or not? Because it will determine the outcome of your whole life. In fact, when you understand that this life is temporary, you can start making better choices, different choices, hard, difficult choices. You can do what's right. Even if somebody will dislike you, maybe even hate you. Why? Because it's temporary. You can befriend the kid at school that nobody else wants to sit with or talk with. And your social status might take a hit, but you don't care because you're going to reach out and be a light to that person. Why can you do that? Because this life is temporary. The stuff that you might get out of it, the things that you might reap from it, temporary. 
the fears that clog up your life and give you anxiety, they're temporary and you can choose to live despite them, to even ignore them at times because they're not as real as the life that you'll have with God. This temporary life messes with us. But the whole construct, this whole thing that you're doing right now with your life is temporary except for one thing. How do you relate to God? And here's here's the truth. Because God comes and offers himself as a sacrifice and you get a new life, a new start, a, a perspective that this is just temporary and I don't have to spend my energy on this, it can give you boldness to live a heroic kind of life where you're out there making peace, where you're out there doing what's right and what's good, where you're making the choices that honor God, even if it costs you. Why? Because this is a temporary life. I want to introduce you to Ananella Tanelli. For she's, she's not a, a big woman, right? She's a little frail thing. And yet, um, full of courage. Because she loves God, she made it her mission to go and work in eastern Africa. This is uh, Somali, Ethiopia area. And if you know anything about those areas, they're dangerous. Warlords, all kinds of stuff. But she had a call on her life to do something courageous. And so she went. She, she was there through famines. Because of all the political turmoil, she was there through massacres. She was there through a tuberculosis outbreak. She was there during the AIDS epidemic. 34 years this woman served people. Why? In a dangerous place. Because she had this love and passion for God that allowed her to live a heroic life. In um, early 2000s, she became convinced that she had to do more with the AIDS epidemic. And so she started bringing those people into the hospital that she had established in Somali. Um, The local people thought AIDS was contagious. They were angry that she was doing this. And on October of 2003, a man came to the hospital, confronted her, shot her in the head, and killed her. She was in a dangerous place doing dangerous work. And she did it because she was brave enough, courageous enough to take a stand because she understood this life was temporary. You know, they can't even figure out how many people have been helped by her life. They don't know. Through through all the efforts that she put in, countless people changed. Why? Because she was courageous enough to act. Because she understood that this life, these things that we think are valuable and important, aren't. And when she got that right, it allowed her to live a heroic life. Now listen, you don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to be shot for you to be a hero. You could be a hero right now in the world that you live in 
by choosing to be a peacemaker, by choosing forgiveness and kindness, by choosing to be the light of Jesus in the community that he placed you in. And sometimes that takes courage to do it. And I want you to know God made you with all of those skills and then equipped you through the resurrection to have a new life that could do that. Why wouldn't you do that? For some of you, the reason that's not happening in your life is that you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus. And I'm not sure why. Because what you've signed up for is to pursue a bunch of temporary things that don't matter. Temporary things that will get you twisted up, wound up, you'll worry about and fret about, afraid of losing the money, afraid of losing the status, afraid of losing whatever it is you've put your value in. And it will twist you into a pretzel, and it will spit you out the other end, separated from God, because that's the life you chose. And it doesn't have to be that way. So let me just ask you, what are you waiting for? Why don't you go to God right now and just say, hey, the sacrifice that Jesus made, I accept that. I want my life to be different than this temporary stuff that I'm spinning and chasing right now. And you could have a different life starting this moment if you would decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to make that my commitment. But there are others of you you have made a decision to follow Jesus. And yet the bravery of representing him in the world hasn't shown up in your life. They wouldn't know it at work. Maybe they don't know it at school. Maybe they haven't seen it displayed in who you are. And I just want to challenge you. When Jesus rose from the dead, a new life was offered to you, a chance for you to go in a different direction, to value some different things, to actually be courageous with the way that you live your life. And our world is in need of that. It's in need of your unique voice with your unique gifts, taking a stand for what's good. It's not enough to be the recipient of this good gift. God wants you to live heroically, to have the courage to do what's good and what's right and what's honoring to God, even if it costs you something. Will you all pray with me? God, I'm really grateful that you made a choice not to simply leave us behind. We're not worth it. We're not worth the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. And yet when you did that, you opened up a new life. Through the resurrection, you showed that you have power over death. And if that's the case, that this life that we're living right now it tricks us into thinking this stuff is important and it's not. So God, fix our minds on the truth 
It is how we relate to you. It is how we represent you. It's how we follow you that matters. And in this life, when we do that, it follows us into the next. Got to ask for the courage to be who we were created to be. Each one of us has that ability. So I ask that you would strengthen us for the task ahead that we would step into our world with courage and live it, not like everybody else around us. May our words bring peace. May it bring healing. May our actions reveal what's really important and what's not in this world. May our love for you shine because you first loved us. God, help us be who we were meant to be. We ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen.